I just ate a ravioli. It's June 23rd, 2022, and welcome to the S-Rank Media Club. I'm Colton Wallace, joined by my co-host, Quinn Foster. Hey, guys. How's it going? Kudrow. Hey, guys. And special guest today on the show, Josh Lieto. Hey, guys. What's up? Colton, I was hoping you would introduce me as recovering archaeologist. Because I <laughs> wore my archaeology shirt for today. This is truly a field shirt. This has been in Indonesia, Mexico, Illinois, and most of the eastern United States, currently in California. Uh, so, hey, thanks for having having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on to be our archaeological expert for our uh, Indiana Jones discussion. I'm ready. I've got my popcorn right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today on the show, we'll be talking about The Last Crusade. We'll decide if Indiana Jones should be canceled or not. Uh, we'll talk about Musto games and whether or not we want to play them in 2022. Um, then we'll get into some discussion about graphics cards prices falling um, and just some other media from the week. Uh, so, Quinn, how's your week been? It's pretty good, pretty good. Um, not too much to talk about. Started a new anime, Hunter Hunter. Uh, pretty popular on Netflix. I think six seasons right now. Started that with uh, my fiance. We're I think seven episodes deep. Feeling really good. Feels like a really good you know story. Lots yeah. of likable characters. Um, lots of uh, you know the typical tropes and stuff like that. But I'm looking forward to getting more in, into that coming up here. So, so I always wondered how do you, how are you supposed to pronounce that? Or do you say Hunter X Hunter or do you, how what's the appropriate way? I've heard Hunter X Hunter. I've heard Hunter okay. Hunter. I I don't know what the I haven't looked it up. So I gotcha. I don't I'm know. Almost, Kudrow, do you know? Yeah. I'm almost certain it's just Hunter Hunter. Oh okay. Uh, yeah, I, I've seen that show. It's great. It's fantastic. Probably one of the better shonens out there. There's six seasons of that. I don't really know if they would divide that into seasons, but I know there's like over a hundred episodes. So. Okay. I think. I'm pretty sure that's what it said. Six seasons on so, Netflix, so I might be wrong, but I've just seen like the the one like character with like green and black plaid kind of looking thing. What what's the basic idea of that show? So as far as I know, it's this kid named Gone. He's 12 years old and he wants to become a hunter, which they make it seem to be like these are these contract workers that you know they travel around the world hunting either beasts um money or you know they just do everything it seems like they you know they kill people they find things and stuff like that so um they find ingredients like cooking ingredients like really rare cooking ingredients is this a video game no it's real (laughs) or i mean not real but it's you know within the anime it's real so so they're like bounty, they're like bounty hunters for like food and plants at times. Uh, that's basically. what it seems like. Oh, nice. Um, there's, I don't want to spoil it, but like they have to take an exam, and that's kind of where the the story starts. I gotcha. So you have to, you basically have to get a certification in order to become a hunter. And um, Gome, the kid, his dad is a hunter, and mm-hmm. became a hunter when he was twelve years old. So Gome in turn is like, I want to be, you know, I want to figure out why my dad wanted to be a hunter and, and all this. Like he doesn't know his dad at all. He's never talked to him. I don't think he just, I gotcha. I mean, yeah. it, it kind of sounds like almost like a monster hunter, like getting your license 
and getting a higher rating, but interesting. Okay. Yeah. So definitely uh, something we'll keep watching and we'll keep you guys updated with, with how that's going. So, so. I, I see you've been playing some green hell too. Yeah. Um, it's one of my fiance's favorite games to play. Um, gotcha. She loves to play that game. So I, I played a little bit. It's sometimes it can be a stressful game because a lot of the game is spent essentially staying alive because there's, right. there's yeah, all these heavy on the survival. Right. You have to maintain your water, your protein bar, your carbohydrate bar, and then there's one other bar. So there's like four right. different like nutritional statistics that you have to keep track of. Yeah, all you just pull up your watch. You have your magical watch that you just look at and it tells you what your you know right. appropriate levels are. But yeah. for me, like the first however many hours of that game were just like me trying to not die. Like essentially like that becomes a whole thing for the first yeah at least five i feel like it was four or five hours yeah no it's it definitely can be a struggle in the beginning and that's something that helps if you have more more people in the game with you you know you can mm -hmm. gather more resources and, and kind of figure it out together so i definitely recommend um playing together but um just as like a refresher background on the game essentially you get you're a, a scientist with a the story goes you're a scientist and you're with your wife in the amazon and um you get split up and so you're essentially just trying to survive and then there's like the main story is you're trying to help this local tribe and that's kind of as i guess as far as i'll go and you have to go to different points on the map and and um there's even an aspect of kind of base building so like if you really want to you can get you can start building you know big structures um build weapons traps like it's actually a very extensive like building catalog which is kind of cool um but again I, you have to you have to stay alive to, to even build it so so i felt like when i was playing um i always felt like i would build start building up kind of a base but then i was like forced to move by the story or like progressing so it became like like building one base and then I did that for a few hours and then I was like, okay, I got to move forward. And then I was just building like the most minuscule little quick bases I could to be like a point for me to rest that, to move further into the game. Um, but yeah, I, I also played that game on a controller. Did you play on a controller or do you play no. a keyboard? Yeah. No, I play it, keyboard and mouse. They like so. they made the controls work for a controller, but oh man, it's, it's it's very like kind of hard to learn because you have to do these controls where you like look at your different body parts and the way mm -hmm. you do that on controller can be very uh tedious at times especially in that game you get poisoned and you need to like act fast to do something and you're i'm fumbling with my controller trying to get it so i can see like my leg in order to bandage that specific leg but right yeah yeah i definitely think it's a really cool you know idea and very unique in that kind of survival quest um, yeah, definitely genre. one of my one of the ones I've liked the most that I've played in that genre. Yeah, um, it can be actually kind of scary sometimes, too. So <laughs> be prepared for that. Um, I know they have a VR version of it as well. So if that, you really want to take it to the next cool. level. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, I played a little bit of Fall Guys, which is kind of, I think, having a resurgence after they went free to play, I believe, on Monday this week. So now free or free Fall Guys is now free on, I think, pretty much every platform um it's on the epic game store and then um now it's on xbox and nintendo switch as well so nice. they kind of did like a revamp where they 
obviously you're expecting a bunch of new players and um, going to that free to play model. So definitely a nice party game to play, you know, with your friends, if you're, you know, ever looking for something to play. So definitely would recommend it. Great, great nice. cartoon fun. So um, that's about it for me. I don't know. You want to move to Kudro? Yeah. Kudro, what do you got this week? Uh, well, uh, as most of, most of what I've been doing lately is I've been rewatching, uh, Stranger Things, uh, just because, I, for the discussion that we have next week, rewatched uh, season one and two. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, if I got to, uh, I think, you know, talk, call out a couple of the animes I've been watching, uh, keeping up with as they've been releasing weekly. Uh, the first one that I think has been hitting off really popularly is uh, Spy Family. Uh, it's got the, uh, well, it's actually a really, really cool anime. Really fun, really funny, really heartfelt. Um, it's about this. Uh, it's basically about this uh, secret agent who's uh, spying in another country in order, and in order to accomplish a mission where he has to get close to this uh, like foreign government to fit this really reclusive foreign government official. Uh, he ends up uh, having to adopt a family and get into this to get his daughter into this uh, prestigious uh, prestigious school academy and uh, try to like, you know, get her to go up through the ranks of like these prestigious students in order to, you know, accomplish, in order to accomplish his mission. The classic story. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Classic. <laughs> uh, I mean, like the anime is just, uh, the anime is super good. Like I, I I would definitely recommend it wholeheartedly. Okay. So check it out. Uh, I mean, the only other one, uh, which is on uh, Netflix, I've been watching uh, weekly that I thought I'd call out would be uh, Comey Can't Communicate. Okay, what's about that? About this, uh, what's that? Oh, no, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I thought, okay. Yeah, it's about this uh, high school girl who, uh, I mean, this, the show calls it social anxiety. I really don't know if it kind of fits. I, I don't know if it's like a completely accurate portrayal of that. Uh -huh. But I mean, for what but for what it is, though, like it's a really sweet show. Um, it's about so this girl has social anxiety and she's trying to uh, make friends. But obviously the anxiety kind of prevents that. So but she ends up befriending this classmate uh, who ends up sitting next to her and he kind of helps her accomplish uh her goals of making new friends wait so is this just a classroom drama in like anime form or did, when do they like like accidentally fall into the other dimension or enter a underground fighting tournament with demons does any of that happen or is it it's literally just in the school the whole time it's literally just in the school no it's basically it's kind of like your uh, slice of life uh kind of like your slice of life school comedy uh, nope. i'm out i'm out on this one I need mean, uh, I mean to fight demons or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Slice of life isn't typically something I get into anyway, but the show's execution has been uh, good enough through its episodes. I think it's out, how like, many how many episodes do I need to watch to really understand this show? Like, if I watch like two, what what what? Give me a number. I would argue even two or three episodes. Okay. You're you're getting the gist of what the show's about. All right, I will watch three episodes of Comey Can't Communicate, and you know I gotta I gotta understand what's going on. I'm gonna look for the undertones of the demons or the. I'm gonna, you're find, not gonna find those. I might. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. maybe, maybe that's where the social anxiety comes from. Maybe she's possessed by the demon. Maybe that's the end. That's the next season twist. That's the next season. <laughs> All right. Uh, our guest, uh, Josh Lieto, what, uh, what have you been up to this week? Oh, hey, what's up? Uh, <clears throat> not that much. Uh, I take it that this is our moment when we check in about any media that we personally consumed. Correct. Oh, yeah, I can definitely share with you guys and, I can also extend a recommendation to all those who might be listening and or viewing and say that for me, what I've been doing this week is reviewing Tom Cruise's entire collection. <laughs> and I have a recommendation that I'd like to share. I haven't seen the whole movie yet. What I've seen so far, I've seen the first 20 minutes. I will rate it two out of five stars because the first 20 minutes were great. If, if the whole movie was 20 minutes, it would have been five out of five stars. Turns out the whole movie is about an hour and a half. I'm going to go back and watch it. But I, before I finish it, I'm going to recommend to everybody that everybody watch it because so far the first 20 minutes were great. And the what, movie is what called. Movie is? The movie came out in 1988 starring Tom Cruise and it's called Cocktail. And it's about a ambitious New York bartender who finds life and love on during a trip to Jamaica. I've actually right. watched this movie. <laughs> oh, you have seen the whole thing. <laughs> it's been years. Like, I think I watched that movie when I was like, I might have not. I don't even know if I was a yeah. teenager yet, but I have seen that movie. Right. It came out the year I was born, so yeah. We'll add it to our list of potential group media discussions in the future. It's been great. I can recommend that. Um, and I've watched all the. I've rewatched all the Indiana Jones movies this week, so I can recommend those in general. But I think we're going to get to that later, so I'll yeah. save it for later. Yeah. All right. Uh, for me this week. Um, so Kudrow and I actually played some uh, Deep Rock Galactic. Um, this game has been out for quite a while, I want to say. Um, but uh, Kudrow, uh, did you enjoy playing Deep Rock Galactic? I enjoyed playing it with uh, you and the other and a couple other people we had over Discord. Yeah. I feel like if I played that game by myself, I wouldn't have had near as much fun with it. Sure. I, but... I think it's meant to be a co-op game. Yeah, and I especially with the way like the classes are, mm -hmm. they, they each have their own separate abilities. That kind of makes the missions and digs easier. Like, I don't like. I would not want to play that game solo. Sure, but, but sure. multiplayer, it's multiplayer. It's a pretty good time. Yeah, I, I think it's a good multiplayer experience if you're looking for something multiplayer to kind of hang out and talk and play at the same time. Um, it's not super fast paced. Uh, it, it, it has grindy elements. Um, where you're collecting materials when you go out on digs. You're essentially, you're a team of dwarves. And um, each class has special abilities, as Kudrow is saying. Like, the engineer can shoot platforms. The driller has drills for hands where he can just drill through things. Um, you know, and then the scout can send out this mega light to light up spaces. But you, you trek to different places, and then you dig down and do different missions. Some of them are collecting certain materials. Other ones are, like, hooking up pipelines. And then in all of this, you get attacked by waves of, or like, bug creatures. Um, and then you have to fight those bug creatures off while you're doing these other parts. Wait, so Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just some. There's some uh, lag there, but you're fighting bug creatures. So, does this mean that there's a queen? Do you have to go kill a queen? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. I I wouldn't say you're in it for the story. You're you're part of the this industrial like company that goes and mines stuff out, 
and then you go and you dig stuff out and then you have this guy on the radio who calls over and says oh uh they're coming your way a big swarm and then they you just get swarmed by a bunch of different things but you don't ever get into a place where you're chasing down a horde of bug creatures i don't think maybe during the lake right right it's more it's like so it's like a it's like a platform or like a base defense kind of game no, so I'm trying. Yeah, it's a good question. What genre would you call it? it it's a it's a material hunting game, and there, mm-hmm. there's elements of FPS in it because you shoot the hordes when they attack you. It, it's there. It's kind of like you collect loot, which is like in this material. Um, I guess I'm what not, you guys called it earlier was a survival game, right? So, the, like, well, it's no, it's not really survival. I would say it's a FPS resource collection game and a mining game so so what do you do with the resources though is do you so, build things that make no. it more efficient no so you each mission separate and then you come back to your home base and you can take those resources you collect like you can collect like gold and silver and other oddly named things and then you can trade those for like you can upgrade the look of your pickaxe you can upgrade your uh um clothing so it seems like a lot of cosmetic stuff. Uh, and you can also, you get money for completing the missions and then you can upgrade like your weapons with, uh, there's like upgrade trees for each weapon and everything. Um, so I wouldn't say that the the upgrading super. So it's a, it's app- a, yeah, it's a what? It's like, so it's a, col- it's a collector. It's like a collector game. Like you're collecting stuff. Basically. Yeah, it's a loot. Yeah, I would call that a loot game. Um, it, yeah. it has elements of, looting in a way but you're not getting direct item drops you're actually getting um the materials and then you go back and trade them but it, it's sure. a fun game to play multiplayer and it is different it's 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 hard to pin down exactly it's based in fps fps and like mining is what it's based in mm-hmm. so yeah and then uh the other thing i want to talk about is the uh eight bit eight okay i don't i've been wondering is it eight bit dough or eight bit do because i've heard both um but um, for a week and a half now, I've been using this controller, the uh, 8-bit Doe SN30 Pro. Um, and for a while, I thought I wanted to try out their controllers. They make kind of mm. like a SNES-style, like D-pad prominent controller. And um, with playing Hollow Knight and playing a lot more Mortal Kombat lately, I thought this was the time to try it. So I've been using that for a week and a half on those two games. And um, I can say with Mortal Kombat, I've been much more consistent in my comboing with that D-pad. Um and I don't know if it's just a quality D-pad or what, but it it's it definitely is smoother when playing Mortal Kombat. And I can say I love playing Hollow Knight with that controller. So if you are interested in playing with D-pad prominent controllers like that, um, they seem pretty cool. So, and that this thing works with like everything. It, it's it's it'll go to Switch, but it also will be input as an X-pad, which is basically an Xbox Xbox One controller. So, yeah. So with that, uh, oh, go ahead, Quinn. I was gonna say before we move on, would you recommend Deep Rock Galactic? I don't know if you. Oh if yeah. You ever... Yes, I would totally recommend Deep Rock. It might be on Game Pass. We'll have to verify that. But yeah, Deep Rock Galactic's awesome. Um, and if you play it, um, I might be on playing it sometime. So hit me up in the Discord, and I could probably play some Deep Rock Galactic with you. Um, yeah. So. Uh, with that, we'll move into our weekly group media experience, which this week is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, we've been uh, this is the third in the trilogy. 
Um, and in this one, Indy is now. What, what hasn't Indiana Jones done? Um, <laughs> so it's the Nazis. <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, it's the Nazis. It's always the Nazis. Like, it's. Um, yeah, it's so. Easy villain. <laughs> um, does anybody want to start with their uh, overall opinion of this? Or you guys want me to start right into the uh, kind of intro of the movie? Right, you might as well give us a synopsis first. Yeah. Spoiler alerts. Here we go. Spoiler. Spoilers off. Everything's out. Everything's out. Everything is free game now for anybody out there. If you haven't seen any of Jones and Last Crusade, you better turn this website off right now. <laughs> so in 1938, after his father, Professor Henry Jones Sr. goes missing while pursuing the Holy Grail, Professor Henry Indiana Jones Jr. finds himself up against Adolf Hitler's Nazis again to stop them from attaining its powers. So Indiana Jones, we find out his father is uh, Henry Jones Sr., played by Sean Connery. And this movie kind of brings you into uh, family dynamics. And this one kind of becomes much more of a comedy, I feel like, than the last one I was trying to be. Um, but again, it's Indiana Jones. So Why is, it, why is Indiana Jones in the last crusade a comedy? You don't. You didn't think it was a comedy at all. I mean, to me, it would detract as like standard action adventure fare. I, to me. I felt like this one had a lot more comedy elements with the dynamic between Indy and his dad. All oh, those two have me just busting up at the ribs the whole time. I, it was probably the most entertaining part of the movie, to be honest. Yeah, their 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 antics back and forth were great, but um, mm -hmm. I think of the original series. I think I probably like Last Crusade the least. Really, you like Temple of Doom more than the Last Crusade? All I do right, we'll like get, Temple of Doom. Let's let's go through the Last Crusade, then we'll get into uh, okay. overall comparisons of the series. So, <laughs> the Last Crusade starts with uh, a camera on what I first thought was I'm like, what the hell is fake Indiana Jones doing? It turns out right. that it's some other looter in 1912, and you get Child Indiana Jones, who Child Indiana Jones. They heard us in the last movie. They do not want to get canceled. So. Like four times he yells, it belongs in a museum. And that's his line for this movie is that it belongs in a museum. Um, you know, child Indiana Jones goes on a chase because that's what Indiana Jones is, a continuous chase scene. And, you know, he gets on a train with animals and then rhinos just can put their horns through the roof like bad planning. It's. It's 1912. It's, it's 1912. Um, when you stop and you think about like what's actually happening in that scene, I'm like, wait, it's 1912. So they're in the American West and there is like a proto young Indiana Jones archaeologist who is being pursued by like another archaeologist. And they're going to like get on this train in the Old West, which is not just a train. It's actually a motherfucking circus train. And there's like rhinoceroses putting their horns through the top of the cable, like a boost and the, the freight cars. And it's like, this is just that scene at the beginning of the movie. I was like, this is already so unlikely that I'm just already like taken out of the movie. Like there's no way I, I'm okay with the rhinoceros is putting his horn like through the top of the car. 
But like, but why would he be so like? How would it be set up like that, where the rhinoceros horn could reach to the top of the car? The because man doesn't understand the power <laughs> of nature. Did That's you never I'm watch? <laughs> did you never watch uh, Steven Spielberg's other movies, Jurassic Park? Come on, <laughs> that was after this one. That, so that that didn't exist at the time. It was a running theme. We can see. We can see. You could definitely see in this movie uh, the fingerprint of Steven Spielberg all over it, including all the damn zoo animals. which are basically just like dinosaurs for him. Yeah. So I, I guess I feel like in classic Indiana Jones fashion, that first chase scene gets a little too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I guess where to me, what that gets us to kind of an important life point for Indiana Jones, right? Because he successfully takes the, magical golden cross and he then escapes with it and he's like he after he says this belongs in a museum and then the sheriff i'm led to believe or something of the town basically turns out the sheriff is corrupt and the the guy that pays the money gets the golden cross and indiana jones learns there's bad people in the world you can't trust anybody and he continues his fight to put things in museums yep and it also sets up his relationship with his dad of yes. his dad not really right. being yeah. present, mm-hmm. um, which but, obviously Indiana Jones resents. Yeah, definitely um, not the most attentive father. <laughs> we should think about how this compares to Goldmember. Austin Powers <laughs> also had father troubles. Hmm. <laughs> I thought you were talking about, I thought you said Goldfinger. I thought you were talking about James Bond. It's not, <laughs> we're not, I'm not, I'm not a Bond head. Okay, not into the Bond movies personally, <laughs> so uh, I'm not interested in talking about James Bond. But I will talk about Indiana Jones, um, and yeah, sets up a relationship with his father, which is a key point for the whole movie because we don't know in Temple of Doom and Raiders, we don't know who Indiana Jones is or where he comes from. He's just a famous right. archaeologist, and so I will say I appreciated the filmmakers for the third one, kind of in the old fashion that they used to do, like back in the '80s and the '70s, they would like try to make people have like a backstory. Yeah. I was into that. I was like, yeah. wow, I appreciate that. That's like giving us a little bit of, it gives his character something. And we see him in a way at the beginning of the movie that we had never seen the character before. Although the result is the same exact thing, which is the artifact gets stolen from him after he goes through all the perils and stuff to get it. Right. And so it's like, oh, that's the first time Indiana Jones got an artifact taken from his hands by, you know, another archeologist. Right, which then goes in the next scene where he somehow gets it back, however many years later. Yeah, what what so did, what like, did happen? Like, oh, right, he like cut like the boat. Yeah. Person. yeah, he found it again. Yeah, which is yeah. another running kind of trope in the Indiana Jones movies: is he gets it taken from him, and then somehow he ends up with it. Yes. Um, in the end. Yes. So. Right. So then you know he's giving a lecture where he says X doesn't mark the spot. I don't know if you heard that, but he said, never marks the spot. And then we proceed to go to a thing where uh, a collector has shown him half of this tablet and then he infers some stuff. And then he's in a library in Italy where they go underground into these uh, catacombs catacombs, and um, 
then X turns out does mark the spot like three times in a row. So is Indiana Jones bad at his job? Should he be canceled? This might be a strike. Um, you well, know, it, it seemed like it was a running theme, though, where Indiana Jones would say something that's not true. And then it turned right. out to be true. Right. Yeah. Um, or he does something stupid. But <laughs> I actually I, honestly, I actually enjoyed the ironic humor of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I actually thought that was kind of funny. So then after that, um, they're being followed in the catacombs and there's like some sort of the water is oily or something. Uh, Either way, the water ignites or it is oil. No, it's petroleum in the water. Okay, so there's petroleum in the water. So it would ignite and then they ignite it. And this, I don't know if you've ever seen a fire travel across oil, but it's way faster than what they show in the movie. The fire like slowly creeps along. So Indiana Jones has time to hear the fire and then like think, oh, we should hide under this stone thing, which somehow is buoyant and doesn't sink. But anyways, there's enough air under it to hold it up from sinking. So they're under there. All the, There was also a pile of rats that are also running. How did the I don't know how the rats got that far in. Um, they were running away from the fire. So the first <laughs> chamber was just rat infested, right? And yeah. they go in, him and the, I think Elsa is her name, the who's supposed to be running the, right. the dig or the, the and then project. This, this water that's lit on fire, he can go under, open his eyes and see in the water. I think that I water might be a little more murky. Um, anyways, they he finds a way out and they escape which I actually forget how they escaped. They find a, a kind of a sewer and then they climb oh, out. Oh, right. The they come out this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I believe come, the, yeah. for your oil question, right? The oil and, and water have different densities. So maybe that's how the, the oil, yeah, I'm right. not sure. Does oil float? Yeah. I assume oil is, would be on the top. So maybe yeah. that's why, but um, yeah, one part right. about how it was lit. Was it the, the dudes with the fezes, right? The, mm-hmm. the shady fez fez men, who all the protectors of the, the Holy Grail. The whole, yeah, it's like a brotherhood or something like that. That's right. the reason they're you know they're being chased, and then it leads into another boat chase scene, and um, one of the fez hat guys ends up kind of telling Indiana Jones what what he wants to know about where his dad is, and mm-hmm. um. Why, why they're doing what they're doing and how they're not really the bad guys, but um, but they're just trying to protect the Holy Grail. So The Holy Grail. Yep. Yeah, we, That's we what just, we're waiting for. We just skipped over a chase scene there, um, a boat scene. He gets in a boat. I was going to say, you were like, how did they get out of the sewer? And I was like, they were in that dope wooden boat. What are you talking about? <laughs> I remember the – you guys remember when – because that boat, one of the boats got totally wrecked. Remember yeah, when they were like sitting – no, but remember when they were like sitting and it was like the propeller of the boat was like oh, chopping yeah, it? Yeah. Yep. I was like, come on, that's silly, right? Like that would never happen like that. You couldn't just like sit on the boat. Yeah, it would suck and, like, it in like, more, yeah, right. It, that you get wrecked if you were on that. So that tells me that Indiana Jones is kind of like a fantastical movie with not a basis in reality. <laughs> so when I consider that, that kind of helps me enjoy the movie a little bit more because it really is a fake it's action adventure. It's bullshit. Yeah. So then, exactly. then after that, uh, they have the scroll, uh, the the stuff from the tablet. They basically know where they're going. It's in a castle. 
Um, so then they're like, okay, we got to traverse to this castle and then we need to find the, I'm lost in this movie at oh, this point. Yeah, yeah, hold on. So they had the first half of the tablet and they needed the second half of the tablet to find where the Holy right. Grail was. Right? right. And so the second half of the tablet was in that catacomb, which yeah. he, he took a piece of paper and basically Etched took it, some, yeah. it was on the shield of writing, the uh, yeah. night in the tomb, which right. somehow survived through the water and out of. Right. Right. Um, but the reason they go to the castle is because the Fez man says, oh, your dad's at this castle on the Austrian and German border. So he sends, um, I forget what his name is, the Englishman. Yeah, the one who doesn't very know. Out of, out of place yeah. guy to Alexandretta, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. Some city in the Middle East somewhere yeah. to follow up with the map while they hurt him, Indiana Jones and Elsa, the woman, go to get his dad. And so that's how they end up at the, the Nazi castle to rescue his dad. So then Indiana Jones pretends to be a, a Scottish lord or something like that to try and get in. It ends yeah. up not working, obviously, and knocks out the, the butler. Mm -hmm. And then you get some more kind of chase scenes where somehow he gets his dad out and um, they're on their way. Well, right. So they, they get captured, basically, um, because him and his dad have a weird argument because... I, it always he wants to have all these arguments in like inopportune times where danger is highly present. So him and his dad are arguing about, you know, him not being his dad, not being there to play catch with him. And then some Nazis walk in the door and then they get they get tied up by the Nazis. And then you get all your, you know, father son jokes. And, you know, his dad is a character that is very smart but very like clumsy and not like the indiana jones dad is a bookworm and not a temple raider um so then you have you have the kind of interaction between those two characters and his dad always calls him junior so indiana jones is kind of like uh he's got a chip on his shoulder or like he 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 really he doesn't like that his dad calls him junior and um then they get tied up together and they get to kind of hang out. And then his dad lights the floor on fire. And, you know, a bunch of hullabaloo happens. Um, and then they escape. Another escape scene. Right. But they lost the, the diary or the his dad's notebook or whatever, right? Because that was right. ultimately Indiana Jones. What was the scene was like, oh, my son would never bring the diary with him into the Nazi <laughs> right. stronghold. And right. then Indiana Jones like, oh, no, I did. And also, this is the point in the movie where we figure out our lovely Elsa is a Nazi. Um, well, duh. At least a Nazi sympathizer. Because yeah. I think in the, in, the in, in the end, she kind of doesn't really care about that. But right, she, yeah. yeah. She's, she's more not about Nazi, the, the Holy Grail. Like yeah, she just wants the grail. Right. So, but then they need to get the they need to get the diary, right? Cuz that's the only way they can figure out the way to to get to, to the, the holy, holy grail. grail. Right. right. And so they know it goes to Berlin some for some festival or something, some gathering, yeah. right? Yeah. And so then Indiana Jones sneaks in dressed as a Nazi Nazi guard Officer or something like something. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then finds Elsa, and then I don't even remember what happens. I do remember he, that he, he makes, uh, gets it, right? Yeah, he gets it, then he runs into Hitler. <laughs> right, and then Hitler signs it. 
I thought that that was great. Yeah, I was I was sitting there, and when he started getting pushed by the crowd, I'm like, oh my god, Hitler's gonna be right there. Like it, it was so like, I'm like, <laughs> of course he's gonna run into Hitler. <laughs> then you gotta get Hitler's autograph because like obviously as Hitler, like these are all your loyal fans, and everybody wants you know a piece of Hitler. So yeah, and, and at this point, at this point in the movie. I'm okay with it. Like it, the action adventure stuff's kind of outlandish, but that's fine. I find the stuff with his dad to be in a way comical, much more than Temple of Doom was comical or um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, and it, the comedy was still kind of cheesy, but it made me chuckle a couple of times. Um, yeah, I think I think the the dynamic between, you know, the father and son really helped it. Whereas we were relying on the woman and the man kind of interactions for um, the past two movies. Cause that seemed like it was, but right. in this, they re- kind of refreshed it where the woman, the love interest, we should say is like the, the backstabber, you know, like a double agent type thing, which was kind of refreshing um, rather than hearing them scream the entire time. Cause that's what it seemed to be like for the first oh. two movies. Yeah, and then after this, we move to the desert. Everybody's kind of converging towards where the uh, Holy Grail is or where the the information they have would suggest it is. And then we get another crazy action escape scene. Um, there's a tank that's shooting at everything. There's a long fight scene on the tank. And, and for me, this is where the movie starts to really take a downturn. It kind of in the way the Temple of Doom just starts dragging on later in the movie and just really becomes it starts to it's almost like the movie starts to wear on me at this point. And and, um, after this whole desert scene, my interest in the movie went like way down and I don't think it ever came back up. It just really started to drag in this scene. I felt like this desert action scene went on way too long. Um, Yeah, where are you guys at with this? I mean, I think it's a typical right scene of Indiana Jones where I think majority of them carry on a little too longer than they should. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you, there's not much you can say, right? They're right. gonna put it in the movie regardless. So definitely a few absurd things that happen. <laughs> like it, uh, I remember like the moment that probably stood out to me the most was when was with the tank, mm-hmm. and then Indiana Jones rides up along and just shoves a rock and one of the gun ports and then it just and causing the gun to completely backfire i just got i i don't know if that's how that would work not with uh not with like bullets and shells explosives of that size and you're just clogging at the gun barrel with one little rock i can't say i have any idea (laughs) i i I, need, need a physicist to tell me that one but I mean, um, there's the but, end where the tank goes off the edge, right? And right. oh no, Indiana Jones know. died. But just kidding, he's right there. He's on the edge of the cliff, and his mm-hmm. dad's like, "Oh, you're alive!" Right. So. And then, well, his dad goes on and like starts into a thing about, "Oh, I never got to tell him these things." And then, like, once he's back, he just completely forgets that he was gonna that he was concerned. He never got to tell him these things, and then he never says it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, That's just a way to make us be afraid that Indiana Jones is dead. You know? Yeah, I definitely that, thought Indiana was dead. I was like, oh, well, 
I mean, it's I'm saying that the only reason I think that that's why Sean Connery says that yeah. is to try to be dramatic. But yeah, of course. Um, yeah. The whole thing is like that's a very tough sell for the audience. For us as the audience, is like you're not killing off your title character. Come on. Yeah, that's true. So after that, we get into kind of our uh, from the chat in the top ten cliffhangers. I don't. I don't know if anything from this movie's in the top ten. I don't know if I can agree to that. <laughs> no, I don't. I mean, Indiana was hanging from a cliff for a while off that tank. So. Yeah, he did that last though? movie though. <laughs> <laughs> but he also does it at the end. He's literally there's, right? There's that's true. There's several people hanging from the cliff at the end, right? And then if we jump that far ahead, it's like the. Isn't it the German girl? Doesn't she? Does she die? I feel like she died, didn't she? Or someone else died. The, the German girl dies at the end. She does. Yeah, because she's like reaching. She's like a. There's like a crevasse in the ground, and she's yeah. reaching for the she's holy. She's trying grail. to get the holy grail, but she. Yeah, and she could be saved. And uh, Indiana Jones is like, "Hey, you can't reach for that. You need to. I need to lift you up." And she's like, "No, I can reach it." And then she couldn't. Channel on to it. But and yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, the, how did they get there again? They, I mean, there's a whole bunch of like surprise. Yeah, oh, the bad they, guys are still there, and right, you know, we, we shot your dad. Now you right. need to the holy grail. The guy gets shot. He gets to the place with the trials, and then like he's got to go through the trials, and he has his dad's diary, and like he's reading it, and like you, it cuts back between him and him and his dad, where his dad's like explaining what it means, and then you go back to him like figuring out what it means, and then sometimes messing up, and like. You know, so it's more right, exciting it's like, that way. It's like the ultimate father-son like relationship and right. right? Like, right. oh, like, yeah. oh, Indiana actually learned something from his dad that's helping him to save his dad, sort of thing. So yeah, right. And then right. He, he gets to the Holy Grail, and there's a knight in there who's at, the knight drank the Holy Grail and is living forever. Is that he's, yeah? Okay. Um, there's a bunch of grails there, and you have to pick. You right, have to you choose have to wisely. Them. Um, and the bad guy comes in, followed Indiana Jones in, and then I think Elsa, the the woman, yep. gives him one of the chalices to drink from. He's like, oh, it's this one. And then uh, he drinks it and ages super fast and essentially just dies. Mm -hmm. And then Indiana Jones picks the the chalice that kind of is out of place. It's just a, a normal, you know, clay cup, essentially, right? And Right. He finds it and he uh, he chose wisely, as the knight says. Yep. Um, but then the knight says, you know, the the cup can't leave the threshold of the temple or wherever they're at, or mm -hmm. right. Um, you'll die, or I don't know what exactly he says, but essentially, it's not allowed to leave there. And mm -hmm. um, so he's able to heal his dad um, with the cup, and then I think Elsa right attempts to jack the the chalice and that sets off the chain reaction, which opens up the fissure in the ground. And like you were talking about before, she, she goes for the, the cup rather than the two handed save and right. uh, dies. And then Indiana Jones also almost meets the same fate, but we see his dad who spent his whole life looking for the Holy grail. It says, choose, choose me over the Holy grail. So it kind of gives him some closure, like, oh, my dad actually cares about me. Right. Um, so kind of a nice ending. And then they ride off into the sunset, right? 
Yep. So and that, that's it. That's the end of Indiana Jones. Well, but we figure out where the name Indiana comes from. It was right. the dog. Dog's name. Yeah. Weird, dog's name. weird throw in at the end. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember that part. So I guess now we can kind of talk about how we feel about the series overall. Um, you know, I I think this one was definitely better than Temple of Doom. Um, and for the first hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minutes, I thought this was better than the first one. But then I feel like, like the Temple of Doom, it really stagnated and kind of got really boring and dragged for the last 45 minutes. Josh, you were saying you like Temple of Doom more than this one? Yeah, I definitely like Temple of Doom more than this one. Um, I feel like, for me personally, Raiders is the best one. And then, um, like, uh, by far, for me, Indiana Jones is really one movie. Like, they do it all in Raiders. Yeah. And they kind of just keep doing different versions of it. And you're like, no, we have a boat chase. And now we're <laughs> in a plane again. But it's, like, different this kind of plane, right? Yeah. Um, so, for me, I love Raiders. Um, and then uh, my second favorite movie. <clears throat> so, number one is Raiders. Number two for me is actually Crystal Skull. I feel like I like okay. that. But I like that better than Temple of Doom and Last okay. Crusade. And okay. I like Temple of Doom better than Raiders of the Lost Ark because, or not Raiders of the Lost Ark. I like Temple of Doom better than The Last Crusade because uh, Temple of Doom was different. Like you didn't yeah. really know when it starts out and he's like, Indiana Jones at the beginning is like trading for diamonds or something. Like it's, it's like they did Raiders. Raiders was great. Temple of Doom is almost like a standalone movie. Like it's kind mm-hmm. of its own movie. The, the Last Crusade to me is just kind of retreading all of these like you know big moments relationships and and they did they did a lot i think i think you i think that they did a lot of work in terms of they did a lot with it like with all the relationship with his father bringing all this stuff in i mean that's a lot they didn't have to do that um but i actually just saw crystal skull for the first time last night i never actually saw crystal skull i grew up having seen the original trilogy Uh um but I like Crystal Skull. I think I actually liked it a lot. Um, but I think I just liked it because I have waited for so long and uh, didn't have to endure the backlash from it when it first came out. But uh, you know, Last Crusade, Last Crusade is kind of like to me, it's the worst Indiana Jones movie. I gotcha. I I after seeing the Indiana Jones trilogy here, I, I despite the backlash of Crystal Skull, I mean. It's not like a high bar, so we'll have to see. Well, next week's Crystal Skull, right? We're going to talk about Crystal Skull next week? Uh, I think two weeks from now, but yeah. Two weeks from now, okay. Yeah, we're um, going to take a break from the Indiana Jones for, for a week. Yeah. <laughs> what I like, one thing I like about Indiana Jones is like, you know, it is like with Last Crusade and with all this stuff, is like they're always looking for artifacts and for things that are just like they're supernatural. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when you really when you rack up the things that they find in the movies, it's like, well, they found the Ark of the Covenant Covenant. OK, like ridiculous. And then like when they went to make what they thought would be the last Indiana Jones movie, they're like, he's going to find the Holy Grail. And it's like, <laughs> of course, these things are like so supernatural and so right. powerful that like it just it doesn't matter. You can't really possess them like, you know, they're not it's not like you have a really cool TV or something. Mm-hmm. So um 
I I feel like for me, Indiana Jones is a movie series where you either have to be in the mood for it or not. And if you're not, it's bad. There's a lot of bad stuff in it. Um, right. But if you're in the mood, I feel like there's I feel like there are things that. Gotcha. So do you want you want to start off the uh, ratings here with your last crusade rate ranking? Yeah. Out of what what is my. What is the? Oh, you sent it to me. Actually, I actually have it here. So, yeah, our scale is F to <laughs> S plus. All right, we'll come back to you, uh, Kudra. What's your? Where are you at on this one? What are your overall thoughts on the series? I'm gonna I'm gonna point to the chat here for a minute because, like you know, uh, I think it's a mo- uh, I think it's a movie that if you watched it in the '80s when it came out, it was way better. And I'd agree with that wholeheartedly because I think watching it from a modern perspective, particularly with a lot of the dated effects uh there can definitely be some and even just like some of the values dissonance from it from it coming out to the 80s i think looking at it through a modern lens like it's amazing to think that maybe some things in our culture has changed that much in 40 years but there definitely are some things that i've always that strike me a little bit concerning particularly going back to raiders in the early 80s are we going to talk about canceling indiana jones right now uh i mean honestly like after i was on board with that but Mm -hmm. uh I can actually say uh, I have to share the opposite opinion of uh, Josh here. I actually thought Last Crusade was my favorite of the bunch. Oh, okay. So far. I actually thought this was the most consistently entertaining Indiana Jones uh, film. I thought the dynamics with his dad uh, were actually really good. Yeah. I have have a few... I have, I could I have a few complaints about it. Like, I thought the scene in Germany, like, you know, they went there into the into the nest like you know to reclaim the diary it's like yeah you really thought that was actually going to be like a much more intense sequence of events but instead it was just like take an officer's uniform i just find her walking down the street take the journal and leave right (laughs) there wasn't much else to it yeah that feels that felt really anticlimactic also very easy to get close to hitler yeah, that's, that's yeah. terrifying for the for the Nazis that some rando can just stroll up and uh, right. be right next to Hitler. Well, to be fair, he didn't exactly stroll up. He kind of, the crowd literally pushed him in front. Right, so the whole crowd of rabid so, people can just get right up to him. But I actually, uh, yeah, I I mean, I see the problems there, but I I thought the scene was funny enough. Like rule of funny, I'm willing to forgive yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'll as I said, like I feel like this was my. This was my favorite of the trilogy. I'm actually going to give it solid B. A B? Wow. Wow. All right. He's giving it a B. Uh, that's, I think I'm I'm struggling to decide between a C plus and a B, I think. Um, but I was just thinking it, this this movie actually gave us all the different, like, forms of transportation, right? It gave us boats, trains, <laughs> zeppelins, uh, I did like the boat car. Like there is all these different chase scenes and they somehow managed to put all these different types of uh, kind of vehicles in it, hey, which is, is pretty how about How about when that oh, from the chat rat deck says a tank, it did have a tank, a tank as well. right? Yeah. Um, how about when the boat explodes? Okay. The boat is getting crushed between two other boats and just mega explosion from getting crushed. Like I was, they just got that. excited with the effects that they were allowed to use for the movie, I think. <laughs> a lot of wild explosions. 
Indiana Jones, directed by Michael Bay. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was probably like the beginning of the of their uses, right? So, I mean, they're they're taking advantage of of every scene as as much as possible, probably. So, I don't yeah. blame them. I think at the time the special effects make sense. I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with those so much. I can even bad special effects sometimes I'm okay with. Right. I mean, what's a bad special effect? It's so hard to like say, you know. Like a uh, lot of these are like a lot of them a lot of it looks so it looks so dated now. I, okay, yeah, movies. like uh Temple of Doom where he's hanging on the side of the mountain. That was like a notably bad one. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's some that are good, there's some that are bad, but yeah. Yeah, I just think that overall, like movies that were made at that time look worse. Sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I'll give my rating, kind of overall synopsis too. Um, I thought it was a good movie. I think it's up there with Raiders of Lost Ark. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's nearly as bad as um, Temple of Doom. Oh my god, you guys really hate Temple of Doom. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, Temple really of Doom is pretty bad. I don't love Temple of Doom. It's terrible. It, I love it's, it. it's bad. But uh but I I think I still have to put Raiders of the Lost Ark above it because it's kind of the original and like you know it gets you to uh Indiana Jones it introduces you and, and you kind of get all the different Indiana Jones tropes going and and all that and it sets up I think the the trilogy pretty nicely with kind of the supernatural of it and the adventure and kind of chase aspects of it Um, but I think this one for me I think it's still C plus I I don't think I can give it a B I think that you know they're making strides but I don't think it's crossed that threshold for me so I'm gonna stick with the C plus so for me, I, I got to go, I'm going to put it right at the same level as Raiders of the Lost Ark and give it a D plus. Like I, Whoa. I really, the first hour of this movie, I thought we were trending into C territory. I'm like, I'm okay with this. And then that last half hour just really, really soured me on it. So I got to put it at D plus. Um, I did like the stuff with the father. Like I like those interactions, but the chase scenes really just started to wear on me after like an hour and I, I can't go any higher than a D plus. So I, I, I would, I, I would not recommend watching it. I, I, can't. <laughs> I mean, I would say I'd recommend watching the first and the third ones. I, I don't, temple of doom, I think is just, you can do without it. Honestly. You definitely yeah. don't. I know. Do. I'm kind of, with- it's well, it's a prequel, right? Cause it takes place before, before Raiders of the Lost Ark, so but it doesn't really contribute much to the yeah to Indiana Jones as a character because it's essentially the same thing as the first movie. I'm kind of with Josh that you should the first one. There's one Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, yeah. where where are you at on uh, Last Crusade? And if you want, go ahead and rate the first two movies as well. Yeah, um, the Last Crusade for me is a C, as are all other movies made in the 1980s. They're all C's. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I would say the Last Crusade's a C. For okay. me, I love. For me, I love Raiders. Raiders just opens up a little part of my soul. I would give Raiders an A. I'll an say, A. Yeah. Whoa. I'll give Raiders an a. Whoa! Wild. We got some wild letters going on here. You it's Raiders. Okay? It's it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like it's the original Indiana Jones. They used all their best ideas. That's what I love about it. Like when you watch these movies, it's like they really put all their best ideas into the first one. And then they just like threw out all like, here's this one. Here's this one. Here's after that. So Raiders is an A for me. 
Uh, Temple of Doom is, I would say, um, I'll give it a C plus. And then Last Crusade is definitely a C for me. I want to give it a C minus because a C minus is one of those. The C minus is traditionally the grade that separates passing from failing grades. Okay. So C minus would be like the first failing grade. So, but I'm going to give it a C. There, you know, there's no C minus in the scale, and I imagine a C minus probably the same as your D plus. But um, at any rate, I will. So I'll say C for the Last Crusade, and that's my final answer. All right. Accepted. All right. Um, oh, are we canceling Indiana Jones? I, w- oh, I was really on the cancel train after Temple of Doom, but the whole the whole thing with the it belongs what in bothered you? What bothered you so much about Temple of Doom? <laughs> oh, we're gonna open this can of worms. I it just <laughs> like it, what was it the child labor? You have to you have to listen to the last week's podcast. For that. I know I have to listen to the whole thing. I tried to block out everything I remembered from Temple of Doom. What um, I like about Temple of Doom is it shows how Indiana Jones is like an anti-hero. Like he's not a good guy. He's just a guy. Yeah. I feel like you get that within the first ten minutes of Raiders. When okay. we're sitting here talking yeah. about statutory rape of a minor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I missed that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Silence the crowd. We're not going to officially cancel Indiana Jones yet, but there are some more movies that we may watch in the future. So, can I just say though, like they did cancel Indiana Jones already. Indiana Jones has been canceled. The announcement was Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was the announcement that he's been canceled. Not canceled in that way. Everybody else, people canceled Indiana Jones after that movie because they hated it so much. They were (laughs) like, no, I actually actually think they're coming out with another Indiana Jones. They are. With Harrison Ford. I was into it. Shia LaBeouf in the new one? (laughs) Yeah, he's playing Indy's son, I think. Awesome. Oh, it's going to be bad. Oh, it's going to be great. We're gonna Shut go to that one in the theater. I thought I thought we were done with Crystal Skull, and I and I liked Crystal Skull because it was just like it was so weird and different, and it was wrong. Like with original archaeology, with the original three movies, they would sometimes like they were real archaeological sites. They would like reference like real things or, or like real stories or whatever. But like just Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, they were literally just like making it all up. It's all fake. Like there's nothing real in that movie. Um, whereas like with Last Crusade, they actually went to like Petra, and they went to these like they went you know they they did their filming in like real locations. Gotcha. But anyways, I don't don't let don't let me get our us ahead. I'll wait for my my Crystal Call will have its moment. All right, sounds good. Do we want to address the last comment from the chat? Um, kind of their opinion about overall Indiana Jones of being yeah from Ratnick in the chat. Yeah, um, he's, you know, they said, I guess I didn't think Spielberg was uh, going for a story-driven serious movie, but more for a corny action movie. Um, Exactly. That may be true, but that doesn't mean I have to give it a high rating because they made a corny action movie. (laughs) I think there's definitely an argument there, and you probably should take that into account when you're watching these older movies, but because you're looking at from a, a more modern angle but and you also got to remember that like we were never supposed to watch these in our in our living room right this was like what they would make that you would go see in the theater because like what you had at home was boring 
So like it's an action movie, you know, it's like eh, pat for me, like it passes. You give it a C, you know. Well, we're rating oh, it oh. in 2022, so that's how it is. I know. Jesus. <laughs> I'm like looking at I'm looking at these comments. Um, All top right. ten, top ten Harrison Ford movies. Maybe once we rate enough of them. We gotta get enough of them. Well, we're gonna have we'll have four with just the Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> yep. All right. So uh next week for our group media experience, uh, we've been playing Hollow Knight for the last few weeks. So we'll be talking Hollow Knight. Uh be ready for Hollow Knight spoilers, Hollow Knight discussion. Um, and we'll also be doing a, a Stranger Things season four part one um kind of like discussion and spoilers so full spoilers of all stranger thing that's been that has been released next week um so we're gonna do that next week as well um i think we're gonna get to the crystal skull but with with hollow knight and uh stranger things next week we're not gonna do that next week maybe after that um so with that we'll move on to our other topics for the week um so first thing we have um graphics card prices have been falling um so I don't know if you guys have bought a graphics card in the last year or two, but graphics cards have been hard to get for quite a long time. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I paid like 1800 for my 3080 TI and now you can get 3080 TIs for 1200 for like the same card. Um, but I don't really regret it cause I've now had my card for over a year. And, you know, I played Elden Ring on that card and it was awesome. So I, I don't regret that, but it's nice that they're coming down, but they're coming down because, uh, you know, crypto prices are dropping. So are they going to go back up? Like, do we see Bitcoin go back up and then you get a glut of no cards again? Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, I maybe. The, I mean, the crypto thing is just like a, a gigantic bubble, right? I mean, everybody's trying to take advantage of it all at once. Uh, pause. We are not financial advisors. Our statements on crypto and whether it's a bubble or not are not uh, financial advice. Right. right. Carry on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of people, you know, trying to make a quick buck and that's, you know, kind of where that came from. I think now with people seeing like the full risks of yeah. mining and how quickly it can you know crash um will make people hesitant to do that again um unless you haven't you know extreme amount of capital start i mean this has happened before like there was a time where graphics cards had kind of went up and then bitcoin crashed a bit and then a bunch of graphics cards became available and then it slowly crept up again into this one where we were in now um yeah, but th those didn't really coincide with an overall kind of bear market in terms of all assets, right? Like those mm -hmm. were kind of just the crypto cycle, I would say, at least okay. from my what I've seen. Sure, Whereas okay. now, or like, I think a lot of things are are going up in price because of you know inflation and and, and stuff like that, supply chain issues, where it's affecting the overall economy. So maybe people are aren't willing to spend as much money on graphics cards because they don't want to spend that disposable income on graphics cards. I gotcha. um, so I think there might be some, you know, different, different things going on, but yeah, I think the question for like, you know, people gamers at this point is like, is now the time to jump on a card or like, do you wait for it to potentially go down further or are you concerned it's going to go back up? 
And I think that's a, that's the hard part is like, if you've been waiting to buy a graphics card there, they seem to be coming down to MSRP now. Like I would, I looked on like Best Buy and Amazon earlier today and you could go buy a graphics card, um, for what seemed like typical pricing. I don't, I don't know. Like you could buy 3080 TIs for like 1200 bucks, which I think right. is the price for that. Um, yeah. So interesting. Something I'm interested to, to see what happens with that. I, you know, I really don't know. Right. Something to watch, see what happens. I think I'm, I might be in the market for a new graphics card here coming up, but we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I've only had one PC. So, and I've, bought it secondhand with a, I think a 1660. So um, obviously it works and I don't see that much of a issue with it, but it'd be nice to kind of upgrade sometime here soon. So maybe I'll, I'll test the, be the one to test the waters on that soon, but we'll see. Gotcha. All right. Um, other topic, uh, uh, Muso games. So this is inspired by the fact that Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is releasing tomorrow. And um, that's a Musou game. And if you don't know, a Musou game is like Dynasty Warriors. Um, it's like uh, and it, the word comes from in Dynasty Warriors, you have like your Musou gauge, which is like your super gauge. And um, if you've ever played Dynasty Warriors, it's kind, I believe it's the originator of this style of game where you're just in a big open battlefield and you run around and your guy is super powered. And then you just destroy like hordes of enemies at a time. And um, it's very like overblown action, um, kind of like, you know, Indiana Jones. Um, but it, it, they, the, the criticisms of these games are that they become kind of repetitive because you're just literally blasting through hordes of enemies and then you fight like sub bosses and bosses and dynasty warriors was based on Chinese dynasties battling for control of the country. Um, historically, I don't know what period that was, but that, that's what the originator of dynasty warriors was. They had like actual historical names. Um, but you know, Muso games, what they've become since like early Dynasty Warriors. I I played a lot of, you know, Dynasty Warriors 2 with my friend on PlayStation 2 where you can get you can play multiplayer and you're just mindlessly destroying mobs of enemies. And like you just have like a spear or a sword. You can pick different characters and it's literally just button mashing hack and slash, um, you know, and then like. Mystic Heroes was a GameCube game, and that's a four-player Musou-style game. Um, and the fun of those games was kind of getting together with your friends and just massacring through a bunch of enemies. Not necessarily that the game was super challenging or hard. Um, so I, I guess for me, I haven't played them since then. So that's that's like 15-plus years ago. And I'm seeing the new Fire Emblem Musou game. And, you know, maybe Musou games have more progression in loot elements now than they used to. Cause if I look at that fire emblem one, there's a lot of, uh, you know, progression elements with like, you can level up your individual characters. There's fire emblem elements in it that they've added, like where you can pause the battle at any time and you can adjust your AI teammates kind of moves and actions. Um, but you know, I, it's like, should I play a Muso game in 2022? Um, it's it's a question I have because I've seen the Fire Emblem game and I, I kind of want to buy it and play it. Have you guys have you guys ever played Dynasty Warriors or any Muso type game? 
haven't, so I don't really have, I can't add much to the conversation, but gotcha. I'm I interested to hear. You know, I know Josh has played Hyrule Warriors, and I wanted to talk to him about that. He's aware. When he comes back, we'll talk about, we'll come back to this and talk about. Um... Oh, there he is. Josh, Josh, are you here? I don't think he has his headset on. Yeah, one sec. Josh will be here. So, um, also, the Hyrule Warriors was a Muso game, and the uh, Fire Emblem game seems to follow a similar kind of design element to that. It's made by the same people. Um, so there have been two um, Hyrule Warriors games. Um, the second one was Age of Calamity. Um, but yeah, I think that is just the same game, isn't it? Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, that's all just one game. I believe Hyrule is Age of Calamity not the second game in the series. I don't believe. I maybe. Let me let me, let me look that up. Let me look that up. Uh, chat. Do you guys know if Age of Calamity is the second game or is there one before that? I thought there was two. I there is. Kudro, it appears you are right. I do not see a previous one. I thought there was a previous one. All right, there's only Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. There is, however, two Fire Emblem ones, because there's Fire Emblem Warriors, and then there's this one, Three Hopes. Hey, Josh, are you there? All right, we have lost Josh's audio. Um, So we'll take this uh, to talk about um, Overwatch 2. Um, So... Overwatch 1 will be gone when Overwatch 2 is released, and Overwatch 2 is going to be free to play, and I think that's the only possible way to do it. Colton, I, uh, I'm sorry, I'll backtrack just a little bit here. I actually think you're right. I actually think, uh, so hold on, so it says, we have Hyrule Warriors, which was an original game uh, okay. released in August of 2014 uh, on the Wii U. Yeah. Uh, was re-released a couple different times. Uh, a successor, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, was released exclusively for the Switch in November 2020. Okay. Gotcha. So, yep, you are you are right about that. So, yeah, over Overwatch 2 will be free to play, and Overwatch 1's becoming Overwatch 2. They're not selling a separate box for it, and I just don't think there's any other way to do it. Like, you have to take that full player base. You have to go free to play. It'll probably make them more money in the end. Um, right. Less server maintenance and stuff like that, too. They don't have to worry about the, right. the past game, right, and all that. So I think it's, you know, this, like you said, it's the only way you can go. It, it makes the I, most sense, I think. And they, they've gotten rid of some of the crowd control abilities in Overwatch, Overwatch 2, from the, the uh, kind of interviews I've seen with the developers. And... Um, I also kind of feel like that's the only way to go too. like they have to find a way to balance out playing that game because the way the ranked worked in there was not very good. Like it, it, it just, oh man, it, they need to find a way to balance out the shielding and the FPS elements and make it kind of work with their ranking system. And if they do, it could be a sweet game. I just don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard for me to. I played a lot of Overwatch, and I would love. I'm I'm actually interested after hearing these new interviews. Like I feel like they're trying to kind of change it up a little bit. So maybe. 
Yeah, that's what it sounds like is they're really trying to, to take their time and balance it. And hopefully that's um, shown in the, the beta. I think I signed up for the beta. I'm not sure when it's supposed to come out, but oh, gotcha. um, I signed up for that. So and then they also introduced the new, I don't know, champion are the champions or. Oh, yeah. Junker Queen. Junker Queen, which is like yeah. junk. Was the other one junk rat? Junkrat, yeah. Junker Queen's yeah. like the ruler of the junk town with because that's where Road uh, Roadhog and Junkrat are from. Gotcha. But, and and that's cool. I I just until I see how the balance works with the shields and the 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 FPS play and like it's hard for me to get past that. Right. We'll see. I'm I'm interested to see what happens. Really though. Yeah. So be... one thing I'm a little curious about is like kind of like an outsider looking into Overwatch. Like sure. What what is kind of the uh, like the big unbalancing points like you briefly mentioned shields and like i know like reinhardt yeah right? so yeah you, you had reinhardt at first and then when you get into playing certain levels you essentially have to have reinhardt in the beginning because you need the shield and he is a shield mm -hmm. and then eventually they added orissa who shoots out a shield in front of her and then it became a thing where well what's better than one shield is two shields and you just have two tanks all the time. You have your two shields. And everybody's just trying to break down shields. And, and it it became that. And then beyond that, you ran into further things where the best the meta became the best thing to play was um, four healers and two tanks. And so it, it really just kind of devolved into balancing not quite working out. And they're trying to balance for playing the eSport but then that didn't necessarily work when you're playing just the ranked mode against people who aren't esport players. Um, that sounds so, exhilarating. And the hard, I think the hard thing about balancing a game like Overwatch becomes balancing the rank system because in like a game like Counter Strike, everybody is playing a first person shooter game. Everybody's using very similar kind of mechanics in their play. So it's easier to rank people and kind of make hard lines because you can't get past here. If you're not good enough at doing this stuff, you're not going to rank up in Counter Strike. Now, when you get into a game like Overwatch, you have characters like Mercy, whose whole fucking thing is like a, a positioning. It's like playing positioning, playing healer trying to kind of go go in when you need to and almost dodging things. And then you play a play character like Genji, who's all about jumping around and hitting massive skill shots with your shri Shriekens. But it, it it's a lot harder to balance that because like somebody could be really good at Mercy, but then they go in a game where they're forced into playing something else. That's a bad example. You could probably play the healer. But somebody's really good at one role and then they go into a game and they're forced to play another and then they're not as good at that role. And then your team comp really suffers because of it. And and I find that in Overwatch, you'd have people you just have the ranking didn't seem to work very well. And I think you'd have trouble ranking people because all the characters abilities are so different that it's hard to rank somebody who plays Mercy and somebody who plays Genji and somebody who plays Winston all in the same character. Like so they're, they're ranking so they're ranking the player as like a collective and not ranking the how this player plays the individual characters. Yeah, and, and I think it's really hard because all the characters are like playing a different game. Like when you're playing Winston or Reinhardt, you're playing a wildly different game than if you're playing Genji or, you know, Widowmaker. Mm -hmm. Like they're just not the same game that you're playing. 
and it's cool. It's a really cool idea. But when you start really trying to get into the ranked mode, like you, it's like you can't quite. It just suffers. It suffers a lot. Yeah. So if, if they could figure out how to make that ranking work better, I think it would be cool. Well, but, I also want to go back to something you touched on before, too, because you sure. were talking about like, you know, when you're looking at team like like team composition, when you were going for teams, you're talking like two shields mm-hmm. and four healers. And that almost became the ideal team. So it's like, you know, because it's like DPS, like need not apply. apparently. So like was like if we're looking at oh, a well, did they need to like make DPS then- stronger. Well, then they get too strong, and then, you know, then you just have pro players dominating with a single, you know, DPS character. So it, it's a hard thing to balance because all the characters are so different. In in my opinion, I think that's why it's so hard to balance. Like, mm-hmm. I could see why that would be a very hard game to balance and why it would be very hard to create a ranking system when you go from game to game playing different characters. It's almost like... It's almost like you need a ranking for each character, which wouldn't work in reality, but it, it's right. I mean, I think there's a few messages in chat that are kind of talking about the, yeah. the thing that you're talking about is like when you have all these different roles, right. It's hard to rank them. I mean, like you were saying like CSGO, you know, everybody has the same kit. Everybody uses a gun. Um, Rocket league is a good one too. Like everybody, you know, has to hit the ball with the same thing. Like you have no competitive right. advantage or ever. Valorant is similar. Mm-hmm. It's a little yeah, it's more like skewed. Yeah. Right. It's a little more skewed because each player has their own sure. um, abilities. And so you kind of get touched into that. It's just not as overtly bad as Overwatch, where mm-hmm. Overwatch, each individual character has their own like weapons, right? Like that's right. the main way you. Yeah, you you to get rid of people on the other team is you have to kill them to make right. your your job easier, and it just becomes an issue. And it, I don't like you said I don't know how you balance that. Yeah, and and from the chat, um, so you know we have Rat Deck in the chat. Um, people talk about League of Legends community, but Overwatch seemed worse to me. People would be furious when you didn't pick who they told you to pick. Um, and then uh, grab a mango in chat. FPS games are the worst community just because you miss one shot. Um, and I think both of those are true, like uh, competitive games like that, where you're playing in like, I don't know, a silver or gold rank and you don't make like some game saving shot. And they're like, wow, you suck, guy. Like, stop playing competitive. It's like, OK. <laughs> um, but yeah, people in Overwatch definitely would get angry at you for not picking the exact character they wanted you to. Like it wasn't everyone, but like you'd get in games to be like, play Lucy. Oh. Like, I don't, I don't want to play Lucio. I think Mercy's better here. Like, no, play Lucio. You suck. It's like, okay. Well. Right. Well, it <laughs> seems like you almost have to make the characters more similar and less different, right? In order to kind of right. to but make that, the that, game better. Then it's but not then that wrong. takes away the, right, it takes everything <laughs> away from the game. Right. I, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for it, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, and that back to the missing that shot. I mean, I, I just think of it. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Like, no, even the pros like fuck up. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. Like you're playing for fun. Who gives a right. shit? <laughs> but it's all for fun. So it's, it'll be interesting to see about Overwatch too, though. And see yeah. if they can actually balance the game. I'm, I'm excited to try it out, but we'll see. 
Um, I guess one my last thing, yeah. which I kind of put in for our topics, was this game called Hyenas, which I saw. Yeah, not Echo the Dolphin. What? <laughs> there was uh, Jeff Grubb from uh, Morning Mess on Giant Bomb. He heard the sound and was like, oh, is there a new Echo game coming out? Oh. But it turned out it wasn't Echo. It was this Hyenas game. So, yeah. Yeah, sorry, so I, it just popped up, I don't know, on Twitter or something for me, and it looked kind of interesting. It's from Sega, mm-hmm. but I guess it's a first-person shooter. What I kind of gathered was like it's like a, a robbery game. So, like... Okay you're stealing items uh-huh. or merchandise, yeah. but it takes place in space. So there's oh, some weird sweet. like physics to it. Okay. So I, I noticed a lot of people giving it hate online because they're like, oh, another, you know, BS first person shooter that's trying to do something different. Um, yeah. So I signed up for the alpha. I'll see. I don't know when it's supposed to drop, but I signed up for it and I'll give some feedback after I play it. But I'm always interested to try, you know, these different types of games. Um, I know there was another first, or it's not first-person shooter, but it's a third-person shooter that's kind of a a team-based game. I'm blanking on what it's called. I think it's called The Veiled Assassin, I mm-hmm. want to say, mm-hmm. which is a new game I think that just dropped. Whether it's in full release or not, I'm not sure. I got you. Um, where, where you play, it's, it's a... It's a gunfight. You're humans, but each of the agents has their own different abilities. So um, I think it's similar to Rogue Company, which is another game like that. So might be another thing to check out. Maybe maybe this week. So gotcha. But All right. I'm always looking for those kind of betas to try out just to see what's going on and you know find some content. So. I'm just awesome. kind of looking at this uh, Hyenas game. It looks like it's being made by the same team behind uh, Alien Isolation. Now, I haven't played Alien Isolation, but I know a lot of people who have, and I heard nothing but good things about that game. So, at the very least, it's got a good development team behind it, it seems like. It's good so. to hear. Yeah, we'll see what it brings. I haven't – I have I heard of the game, but I didn't watch any of the stuff on it. So, yeah. All right, then. Um that does it for this week's show. Um, you can email your comments or questions to srankmediaclub at gmail.com. Uh, again, next week's group media experience is Hollow Knight, um, so discussion and spoilers on that. Also, we're, we have planned a Stranger Things 4 Part 1 discussion, so Stranger, Thing, Stranger Things spoilers for the whole show. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Boltron City. Um, Quinn, uh, how do they get to? Uh, do you have a Discord link? We have a Discord. I will add the Discord link to both our YouTube pages and um, Twitch pages. But okay. it is a community, so you may be able to look it up on the Discord search and right. or search we'll system. Add um, that to our pages. Yeah, it's called S Rank Media Club. So I assume if you just type that in somewhere on Discord where you can look for communities, we should pop up. And feel free to join. You can. Um, put any suggestions, any uh, Twitch clips you want to put in there um, or, you know, just hang out. Um, yeah. We're all in there. So um, Josh and I have another podcast called No Stupid Answers, where every week we discuss the best que- questions from Reddit. Um, you can find that on all podcast platforms. Uh, we stream this show every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. The audio version goes up to podcast feeds Friday morning. 
If you like the show, please give us a follow on Twitch or YouTube and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And we'll see you next week. See you guys. See ya.